This is Wrestling for the Faith. Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I am Casey, and I have today one of my close friends and a member of our kingdom family, brother, the real, real Double J, Jason Justice. How you doing, brother? Yes, sir. I am good and good to go, baby. Good deal. I don't know if uh, you've got to catch up and and listen the last couple of weeks, but I know that, uh, you know, me and Chad talked about it. Me and Coach talked about it the week before, but it's how wrestling for the faith has just become about the kingdom family. It's no longer just about Casey or just about Chad or, you know, it's, it's all of us. We can all be, you know, uh, on here and there. And it's, it's just, uh, from what everybody tells us, it's a blessing either way. So I think so too, man. I, I did, I was on Facebook the other night and, and is it, I'll, I'll mispronounce her name every time. Dana. Yes. You got it right. Okay, great. So she was on and she, you know, she's doing her, um, uh, devotion type thing. And I chimed in a little bit and spoke to her. And, and when she, she had said the, the same thing, you know, she was like, you know, that's Jason from the kingdom family. And it, and it just started registering with me, man, how this thing started. You know, it, it was started out as just a, a pro wrestling podcast with a couple of guys that love Jesus and how just over the past year, it has developed into something just, just big, man. And I mean, from, I mean, and not even age limits, you know, I mean, you got from, from kids up and yeah. it just, you know, I, I believe God's got a hold of it, man. And I thought, I think it's purpose done. Yeah, man. I, I really enjoy it because, you know, I mean, <clears throat> originally this thing, you know, and I, I've kind of went through the progression of it, but originally, you know, I had taken a break from wrestling and, um, I'll tell you what actually happened. Uh, I don't know if you remember Drew Game. Uh, he was a he was a wrestler um, out of the North Georgia area, but he had passed away, and uh, I had taken I had been away for a while and hadn't really talked to too many. I mean, except for the ones who were really close to me, hadn't really talked to too many of the guys, you know. And, uh, man, I got to thinking about that, and I, I was like, golly, these guys, you know, we have we have brothers and sisters in the business who, who struggle, they pass away, you know, whether it's, you know, health issues or uh, a lot of times drug issues or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, we have so many people that we know in the business who – who have these struggles and and whenever whenever I started thinking about that, I was like, man, you know, I don't know. Um, I was never like the closest to Drew. You know, we were cordial, we'd cut up in the in the locker room and everything, but we were never uh we never really hung around the same circles and never really traveled together or any of that stuff. But you know, we cut up and have fun in the in the locker rooms. Um but I, I just started thinking like Man, where was his heart at? Right. And uh, the Lord really started dealing with me about how there's there's a ministry in the wrestling business just being there, whether I feel like getting in the ring or not. 
but just letting guys know, uh, hey, I'm here if you ever need to talk. And and so that's kind of what the podcast, that was the idea there was just to kind of reconnect with the boys. And then, you know, I started having guys on who had had Jesus transformation stories. And, uh, and then, of course, you know, uh, got back in contact with Chad, and he was still in WWE at the time. And, you know, he comes on, and, and we do – we have a chit-chat. And then next thing you know, he's co-hosting, and, and we're off to the races. And But it has just evolved into, you know, originally my the, – the desire that the Lord had put in my heart was – Hey, do something uh, to where you're back in contact with the guys. And at the right. time, I didn't feel like getting back in the ring. I, I just didn't have the desire for it. But it was like, do something to where you're at least in regular contact with the guys and just live your life. You don't have to go in locker rooms or or get on the podcast and beat them over the head with a Bible or any of that stuff. Just just live your life, talk to them, and and always let them know that you're there for them. And- yeah, I was just when you. I'm sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. So when I was when you just said that, it, I don't. know, I just felt a prick in my spirit, man. You know how the word says, you know, God will draw all man unto you. Yeah, God does the drawing. Yeah, and when you said, you know, just you know, live your life and just and just being just being the salt of the earth and and, and living your life is going to draw some of these guys to you just for the simple fact that they know you right. and it will create opportunities to have conversations like we're having right now and give somebody maybe even a safe place. If they're not, if they don't feel comfortable, maybe they're a, a new convert or don't know Jesus type thing. But I believe that God uses things like you're doing and like you and Chad got going to draw these, to, to draw those kind of people out, you know, because they're like, they're more likely to talk to you on a podcast rather than face-to-face in a locker room. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, just, I think it's awesome, dude. I think it's great. Yeah. It, it's it's March. Uh, I was just looking. I ran across a live video the other day. Um, I believe it was – I believe it was from the other day. It was um, us going down the road, me and you and Chad, preaching the gospel, talking about the uh, – I mean, man – but just that weekend that we had that last uh, show that we all traveled together and went down uh, for Marty Miller and and then we did the uh, we did the services the next day. You know, uh, yeah. I was just thinking about that the other day. I was running across some of those flyers; they were popping up in my Facebook memories and everything. And I was like, "Man, that was a good trip." It was, man. It was awesome, dude. I, I mean, the thing about guys like Iceberg, yeah. I mean, he, he was man. I mean, he showed up to the to the actual wrestling event and ended up getting saved, man. I mean, yeah. gave it to the Lord, you know. And you know, speaking of him, man, I just want to keep him in your mind, and your heart, man, because he's been going through a lot of things and, and a lot of health issues. I think he's having some personal issues on top of that. So I know how discouraging and how quick the enemy would jump on that and try to drag him down. Definitely. So just, we just definitely need to keep him lifted up. Yeah. Yeah, I've not talked to him in quite a while. I, I see some stuff, you know, on on social media and stuff that he posts or whatever. But I, I've not, I've not uh, had much contact with him lately. But, but yeah, I mean, 
it's it's amazing how all of this can come together and how how the Lord can use um how the Lord can use something like wrestling. And this is something we've talked about the last couple of weeks too, because how crazy is it that me, you, Chad, coach, um, the the Stroop family out in Mississippi, Terry Skaggs in Minnesota, sorry, Minnesota. Minnesota. (laughs) I've got to make it a point to say it like that every time I say it. you know, Lord Marty Miller in Georgia, we've got all of these people that we have got connected with, especially over the last year, year and a half, that we have become like a kingdom family with each other. And it's just amazing how the Lord connected all of us and, you know, different ones of us. We have, you know, podcast and we have each other on and we're talking Jesus. We're talking wrestling. It's just so funny. 20 years ago, when I first got in this crazy business, it's like, um, would I have ever dreamed that at, at that time, I wouldn't thinking anything about the Lord anyway, unless, you know, I was on a really bad drunk and, you know, <laughs> feeling, horrible. Yeah, feeling horrible and saying, Lord, if you get me through this night, I'll never do this again. But, you know, but back then, thinking about it, what in the world? There ain't no way I would have ever thought that the Lord would use something like wrestling to connect so many kingdom-minded people into this big family from all across this country. Yes, from around the world. You're right. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, hearing you tell your story from way back in the day. Dude, I was probably closer to to Satan than I was to Jesus. Yeah. So, so I, I definitely wouldn't uh, imagine how far God's brought me and, and the people that he's, you know, crossed my path with. And I mean, it's people that years ago, I wouldn't have probably never seen myself even really speaking to. Yeah. Just because I was such a selfish, judgmental person back in my day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man, it, it, since my walk with Jesus, man, it's just like, I don't see people. I don't see, I just see people. Right. I don't see different, you know, groups and, you know, your rednecks, your preppies and that I don't, I don't see all that uppity type people type thing because Jesus loves every one of us. That's something I've had to learn. Yeah. From from the most jacked up poor guy to the most jacked up rich guy. He loves, he loves everybody the same, you know? And one of my main, one of my biggest prayers lately to, to God is man is, Help me to see people like you see us. Yes. You know, I I want to be able to, to, you know, I have had anger problems throughout my life, man. And, you know, just from a lot of the stuff I've been through and I don't want to be angry no more. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to, I don't, I mean, I want it to take a lot to take me off. I, I mean, if I'm going to be ticked off, I just want to love people, man. And I want to be a light that draws people to me that no matter the way I, you know, I'm, six foot two, 330 pounds, ball headed and tattooed, you know, it don't, it probably might not, ca- it'll catch your eye, but you might not be, I might not be approachable to some. Yeah. I don't want that. I want people to, even though I'm looked the way I look, I want them to see the Jesus glow on my face. Exactly. And be able to come up and strike a conversation, you know? 
I, I want to say, I want to say before I forget, uh, the first time that we had you on was way back at episode 48. Uh, people go back, listen to that. If you have not, it's the Jason justice story. Uh, for a long time, it was the most listened to episode that we had. Wow. Yeah. And so powerful, powerful testimony. Um, go back and listen to that to get Jason's, uh, you know, in-depth story. And also, uh, last season on Testimonies with Terry, you went really in-depth with Terry Skaggs. So everybody look up Testimonies with Terry and look uh, – Look for that episode to get to get Jason's full story, but um, I want to go back to talking about that the, the judgmentalism. Right. So here's something that I am coming into, and growing up, I don't I don't necessarily think that most Christians meant to be as judgmental as they come off. Right. So what I'm talking about for me, like I, I can tell you, like when I first got saved, I never wanted to like shun anyone. I never wanted to push anybody away. I wanted to be uh, the best witness that I could, but I was really, really, really bold and blunt. Right. We should be bold for the gospel. We should be blunt and, and we should tell the truth. But something that I am starting to grab a hold of, right, you know, in recent months is instead of going straight at someone um, who may have a drug problem. Instead of going straight at them and saying, hey, you know, Jesus wants to save you. And if you don't get straight, you're going to go to hell. Instead of, right. Instead of that attitude or going to somebody uh, who is gay and, you know, the first thing out of my mouth being like, hey, you know, you're on the wrong path. You're headed to hell. OK, Yes. According to according to the Bible, there's some truth in these things. Uh, if people willfully live those lifestyles without repenting. But the church's approach, and I'll publicly say right now, my approach in the past has been going straight at people sometimes and hammering them. And I'm coming to realize that's not, I don't believe that's how Jesus would have done it. I don't either. I, I think you have to, it's not, it's so in some way, shape or form. And I guess it may depend on, you know, what angle you're coming from, but in some, some way, shape or form, you've got to be able to get on an empathetic level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, you know, I've I've got a gay stepbrother. Mm -hmm. I don't love him no less. Right. And I find myself sometimes having to walk on eggshells because they know my walk. And obviously, you know, they got different views than I do. Mm -hmm. And 
what I've had to learn to do is love him, live my life as Jesus would, mm-hmm. the best that up to my ability. Let them see me live. When they start questioning, you know, and maybe inadvertently kind of do some things to, to get their attention. Not like putting on a show. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is just let them see Jesus. And they'll, man, I'm a firm believer that people will see Jesus. They will question you. They're 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 going to come to you and they're going to say, "Why are you different? Why you know you you you've changed a lot." Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're going to have those people saying, "Man, you've changed a lot." I mean, you're stuck up now. Yeah, I mean that that's that's going to happen too. You know, because what happens is as we start to change. It's not necessarily trying to shun people like we're talking about. It's more or less, I just live different. Well, and you don't want to take part in the the jokes, and you don't want to take part in the 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 stuff that they're taking part in. It's not necessarily that you're trying to shun them. It's just, hey, that's guys, that's not my life anymore. I got a couple of guys I work with, man. These guys have got some of the foulest mouths, and they'll, you know, a lot of times, you know. When they take smoke breaks or whatever, we got a big bay door. Everybody kind of hangs out at, and they're like, "Why don't you ever come over here with us?" I, I, I mean, I'm just like, well, "I'm good, man. I'm good." You know? Yeah. But, you know, I don't want to think. I don't want to come across as better. I think I'm better than you. It's just I don't want to. I, I don't want to fill my ears with what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, so I just kind of shine off to myself a little bit, and it's funny because I'll start playing sermons at my desk. Mm-hmm. And and like we got like three, four desks in a row. On one end, I'm I'm playing a sermon. <laughs> the guy in the middle is playing country music, and the guy at the end is playing rap. <laughs> it's it's a big big ball of wax. Yeah. So, but I think that's just part of my life too. Because I'm gonna tell you what I've noticed. It when the when I first started working for the company that I'm at, it nobody there was no Jesus talk whatsoever. Like mm-hmm. zilch. But there's a lady that works up front. I've noticed over the past six months or so, she started coming out, reaching out to me. She started talking to me about it. She she come out. She's like, "Hey, have you seen this guy? You know, check him out on on YouTube." And I just noticed the conversation has come a lot more towards God. Mm-hmm. And it's because it, and when she has questions, she'll come to me. Yeah. And so the the life that I've lived in front of everybody, it, it's starting to pay off. And I believe that. Now I'm starting to see the assignment that God has sent me at that place. You know, it's a great place to work. It's a small, small, it's a big company, but a small warehouse. And it's so much personable there. And each, I've I've seen each individual that's there. And I guess it's just from my own experiences. I see the different sides of life that they all came from. You know, I got, there's an older lady, a younger girl, and, you know, a guy that's a little bit younger than me, a guy that's only 23, and then a guy's like 37. There's so many different age groups there. And one of the guys has got a religious spirit, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I say that because he professes God and professes, you know, he'll even say, I, I, I would never, like, and this is probably a bad example, but he was like, I would never sleep with a married woman. It's against my my moral code, and God wouldn't really look look down on. God would probably look down on that. Well, what about sleeping out of wedlock? <laughs> He's going to look down on that too. Whoa! <laughs> so, I'm just saying, you know, 
it, it's those type of things that, that I'm kind of, that I'm faced with at my job. And again, I, I used to be each and every one of these people that's there. Yeah. And, and probably in some shades of my life, I, you know, there's probably still a little dust hanging around the floor. So I, I do believe that I'm, I don't know how I got on that tangent, but, but I do believe I was put there for, a, for an assignment. Right. Well, and it goes back to what you were saying a minute ago about how the Holy Spirit will draw people to you. Right. So, and that's what I am learning. Um, and I've been walking this walk with the Lord for over a decade now. And right. I'm learning that finally, uh, I don't necessarily have to go at them harping on their sin. Right. I live my life. I be an example of Jesus and the Holy Spirit will draw people to you. A lot of times, uh, you know, it happens in locker rooms. It happens uh, just random day-to-day activities. A lot of times I'll just be out and people will, people who I know, you know, will just start striking up a conversation and asking biblical questions. They don't act like they have any kind of desire for God. But they'll start asking questions. If they're asking questions, the Holy Spirit is pulling them. So that's that's the that's the thing about it. I believe, you know, Jesus, he was always very outspoken against the religious people. Oh yeah. Um, but he didn't beat the sinners. Now he told them flat out what was sin and what was not. You know, he told them right from wrong. It wasn't like he, you know, just told them, hey, you know, you're you live however you want to and you're good. You know, he he plainly taught what was sin and what was not. Um, but it was the religious people who he was very vocal about. Right. So I believe that the the more I walk this walk out that the Lord's going to draw people to you. And if you, whether it takes a week, a year, 10 years, whatever it is, instead of just trying to beat them over the head about their sin, you just love them at love. That's the ultimate one. Yep. You know, you love them and show them that you're there for them no matter what. And you give them, if they come to you for advice, you give them honest, godly advice, but you don't just continuously beat on them and harp on them. And that's what started this whole conversation is for so long, the church, Christians, maybe without realizing it, would go straight at somebody and yell and scream at them about their, their lifestyle. Well, you know, I, I've had, I've learned a lot through, I, I got my two oldest daughters, you know, they were, they were raised up knowing who Jesus is and things, but, you know, but, you know, at this time, you know, at this time in their life, they're not walking it out. They're not living it. And when I first got saved, I would find myself trying to preach to them all the time. Yeah. And honestly, Casey, it, it, it pushed them away from me. Right. 
And so I've noticed more recently, especially with with my oldest, my oldest, you know, she, she's got a one-year-old baby now. And I think her having that child has changed her mindset a lot. And she she starts to answer ask me questions here and there. Mm-hmm. Or if she if I'm on the phone with her and she's cussing, she'll like, I'm sorry, Dad, I'm sorry. You know, she's acknowledging the fact, hey, Dad, I see your walk. Right. You may not realize that's what she's doing. Yeah. But and I know because I, I I've seen it, and she'll sit there and and apologize for cuss words or Dad, I know you don't want to hear this, but I just need to talk to you. This kind of thing. So. I've learned that you can't push too hard because it'll push them away. Right. Even especially now, my youngest daughter, she was the hardest. She's she's so much like me, dude. It's it's scary. <laughs> and she, unfortunately, she you know she still smokes marijuana, and I can't judge her for that, and I can't condemn her for that because I was the example that she saw. And the only thing I can do is love her through this. I could, I pray for my kids every single day and love her through this and make it, give her a safe place to come have a conversation. Yeah. Now, quick story. She called me. Now she's been my, the hardest one for me to get to. And the other day she's got real bad anxiety and she called me and she goes, dad, and she was just a balling. And I said, what's wrong? And she goes, I was driving down the road. And I was having such a bad panic attack and anxiety. She said, and all I could think about was you and that song that you used to play for me. And it was a Lauren Diego song, Hold On To Me. Yeah. And uh, she said, Dad, I just started praying and singing that song. She said, and it's like I felt arms wrap around me. <laughs> and she said, I'd never, oh my, I get emotional. She, I'd never felt so lo- much love. She said, Dad, it was so such a pressure that it's like it was taking my breath. Wow. And I just sat there and I, I got quiet. I was, cause I knew what it was. Yeah. And I said, well, I said, well, baby, I said, you can have that a lot more than just once a week. Yeah. And I said, I'm not going to, you know, preach or smack you in the face with my Bible, but you know where that came from. Mm-hmm. I know dad, I know. So it's the subtle moments like that. Yes. That, I could, you know, I could slip in a, a God, a God verse or a God conversation, but with her, I can't just go to her and say, Hey, let's sit down. I need to have a talk with you. Yeah. It, it would, it, I would just be spitting in a fan, you know? Right. But it gives me hope because when I think she's lost, God's still at work. Mm-hmm. God has to remind me sometimes that uh, if he can save me and he can part red seas, and make make the blind see and raise the dead. Mm-hmm. He can sure take care of my little girl. That's it. You know, and, and and let me look how long it took him to draw. I mean, it took me to tap out. Yeah, forties, dude. Well, <laughs> and that's you know I've shared this testimony recently. <clears throat> Something that the Lord really did with me at the beginning of last year. Uh, it was January. The Lord really. Um, I was struggling with my family me feeling like my family was not spiritually where they should be. They wasn't where I was. So I was constantly like pulling and I felt like I was pulling a rope with an anchor tied to the end of it. And instead of turning around and reaching for the Lord and just keeping my focus on him, 
I would get distracted by turning around and trying to pull the rope and pull them with me. Uh, and then, you know, the Lord finally, he <laughs> bluntly told me, and I know people say, oh, that's not God. He didn't speak in King James. That's not, that's not God. But I'm telling you, as bluntly as I've ever heard him speak to my spirit, he said, shut up and get out of my way. Wow. And, you know, I that's the thing. We, we are supposed to plant the seeds. And others will water. The Lord will give the increase. So the the Lord will give the increase. It's our job to plant the seeds. Okay. How many of us plant the seeds and we want to water it and watch it grow right then at that very moment? When the Lord finally told me to shut up and get out of my way, I, when I finally did, man, my family caught on fire. Revival just hit this house and went crazy. But how do we, as Christians, say that we serve an almighty God, all-powerful God, he can do anything he wants to, yet we don't trust him in those kind of things. Like we think talking about with your baby girls, my family, us, whoever it is, people in the locker room, people we meet on the street. How do we say that, oh, he's all-powerful, almighty, can do anything that he wants to do, yet we don't trust him to to draw people we don't trust him to lead people we don't trust him to uh to transform people we want to do it all in ourselves and i think that's where the church the body of christ has made the biggest mistake over the last uh, lord i don't know i guess since it since it was uh, birthed in acts 2 it eventually evolved into this but i believe people got too judgmental and too hard and they're like hey you're a you're a sinner. You're going to hell. You need to pray this prayer. You need to change. If you don't change, you don't wear the clothes that I'm telling you to wear, and you don't you don't look like this and act like this and talk like this and 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 listen to this and all this. Then then you're not really saved, and you're just going to hell. And we put so many rules and regulations on people when it's really supposed to be about the Holy Spirit drawing them, us planting seeds, and Him transforming them. You know, it, it reminds me of, you know, I'm I'm an old man, okay? So <laughs> I'm an old man. So uh, I was born in 76, so I come up through the 80s and the 90s. And I remember the churches back then, it was hellfire and brimstone beating you over the head with Bibles. I mean, and I've even heard people, you know, in this day and age ask about it. You know, well, where's the hellfire and brimstone preaching? Well, I mean, you don't want to really scare nobody you know, to getting saved. I mean, it, in one breath you do, you want them to realize the importance of it. You want them to know the truth. Yes. But you don't have to like come at them like, like a demon would yeah. <laughs> you know, try loving on them and, and, and then, and lead them. I mean, you, you're more likely to have somebody respond out of love yeah. than you are just beating them over the head with a book. Well, when I was 14, uh, there was an altar call, and the pastor said, if you leave this church tonight, 
you go out of here and you hit a telephone pole and die. Are you going to spend eternity in heaven or hell? Okay, that's a true statement. You're go, you, the choice is it's one or the other, okay? But he had just preached such a fiery message on hell. And when he said that, this 14-year-old boy was terrified. Now, I didn't run to that altar and cry and blow snot because the Holy Spirit drew me. I ran down there to try to get fire insurance. I wanted to go down there and and be able to repeat a prayer and get water baptized and then go back and live like hell and still go to heaven. That's the way I understood it. Oh, you run down here and say this prayer and get baptized and you're good. So that's all I was wanting. I didn't want to, I didn't want to change. I didn't, I didn't have no desire to become a new creation. So it wasn't the Holy Spirit drawing me. And if the Holy Spirit don't draw people, then it's useless. It, it's not, it, we can pull them and tug them to the altar all we want to. We can pull them and, and tug them into trying to repeat our prayer all we want to. But if they don't mean it with their whole heart and the Holy Spirit has not drawn them, it's useless. Yep. You're absolutely right. I mean, cause if you twist somebody's arm and make them speak, say words, it don't change nothing. You know, all they done was waste breath. Yeah. Like, like you just said, the Holy spirit, there has to be a draw. And I believe everybody has that divine appointment. Yeah. I, I say that because, you know, God is not every person that's on this planet is going to, ha- will know and have an opportunity to accept Christ. Exactly. And nobody will ever be able to say, I don't know who that is. They might not know him personally, but they'll never be able to say, I don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it went from. And because the Bible says when, when Jesus comes back, every knee shall bow. That's right. Every time. Man, I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm probably sidetracking here, but when I think about that, that verse, man, I think, you know, I, I, in my mind, I picture everybody kind of just dropping into their knees and stuff. But I, I believe in my heart, that when he comes back, man, he's going to be so holy mm. that it, I believe everything has, is not, you don't have no choice but to bow. Yeah. I, I don't believe that our human bodies, or even these trees, I think everything will bow to him. And, and I just believe that he's going to be so holy that you have no, you have no other option. Mm. You have to. Amen. I'm excited for that too, by the way. Yes, sir. It's coming, but man, well, hey, so right before we started recording, we said, hey, what's something that when we have had you on the podcast, we have never talked about? We have never went in depth on your wrestling career. We've never really talked too, too much about your wrestling career. Uh, and we've only got a couple of minutes left, so we're not going to get to it today. But we will sometime in the future. But I love these Holy Spirit-led conversations. We just started talking, and this is where the Lord led us. So praise the Lord for it. I'm all Lord, with it. That's right. <laughs> well, I mean, in all honesty, my wrestling career would probably be wrapped up in about two minutes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, we we can dig into it later on. I do want to do that sometime, but we it just the spirit just takes over every time that you're on, so we don't ever get the opportunity to. But we do what? I'd rather talk about him than me anyway. That's right. That's right. Um, I do want to say in these last couple of minutes, happy anniversary to my beautiful wife Jonna tomorrow. The 19th is 
our anniversary and she's put up with me for a long time. So if she has stuck with us, which I know she has through this whole episode listening, uh, then now she gets her happy anniversary. Um, that's why I didn't say it at the beginning because I wanted her to listen to it all the way through so that she gets all the gospel preaching, all the, all the good stuff. (laughs) Old school territory TV. That's what I'm talking about. That's it. Well, brother, I love you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, everybody out there want to let you know if you have questions, thoughts, comments, email them wrestling to the faith, uh, wrestling for the faith at gmail.com, or you can use the hashtag ask WFF ASK WFF on social media to ask your questions. Uh, We thank you for joining us. We love you so much. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at CWLale underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.